and welcome to Donna Martin Graduates. For the love of 90210. Live from the Old Age Hotel. Still down the street from the Bell Age Hotel. In a seedier part of Beverly Hills. And they don't meet you in the lobby with your room service. And you definitely don't want to take a black light to the linens. Nope. Ugh. I am one of your hosts, Andrea, not Andrea. And I'm your other host, Kelly, and I like Diet Coke. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, you get to say that cool thing about not being Andrea, and I don't have anything cool to say right then, so I'm just going to start telling people about myself, like interesting little facts. And we chose Diet Coke for this. I don't have a lot of interesting facts. Okay. And I'm hoping for a sponsorship. <laughs> McDonald's, are you listening? <laughs> she would like your Diet Coke. I would. All right. Well, this week we're going to break down every dream has its price tag. Last night I had a dream that I went on tour with the Jonas Brothers and we were boarding a plane and for some reason it was boarding through a JCPenney's at the mall and I couldn't <laughs> find my driver's license and they wouldn't let me on the plane. And I was like, wait a second, I'm with the band. Why, don't, why do I need a driver's license? And they were all like professional and stuff. It was lame. I'm not really sure that um, that's the dream that they're speaking of with this episode. And please, let's not overshare. Hey, I have the microphone and you will listen to me. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Does that mean I get to say one more outburst out of you and I will strangle you with my microphone wire? You just did. Okay, great. Glad we covered that. <laughs> All right. And back to um, our regularly scheduled program. Uh, first things first, hey, Luke Perry and his well-coughed glory is part of the opening credits for this first time. Um, my suggestion is that the opening credits should just be pictures of him in various levels of undress with just the names of the cast flashing across the screen. <laughs> in my mind, it is. Nice. Yeah. So this episode is going to start with Brenda, with her... <laughs> I love how when we say her name, we say it with such a disdain. Yes. <laughs> Brenda. Brenda. Um, she's in front of a mirror. She's trying on hats and scarves, and she's practicing a speech to convince her mother to let her go horseback riding for the weekend. First, so glad that she's trying to cover those hideous bangs. Mm-hmm. And second... Does anyone actually really ask their parents to go horseback riding with friends? We're not rich. We don't understand. Yeah. Why can't they just go to the movies or something? I mean, she finally settles on a blazer. Blazer! <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure that she stole off of some ginormous hobo because that thing is like three sizes too big. Her fashion sense this first season is pretty schizophrenic. I mean, costume designer, pick a style and go with that. So both the blazer and her request to go horseback, horseback riding. Horseback riding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first day, new lips. Yes. Uh, prompts Cindy to serve up one of her many lectures about how living in Beverly Hills doesn't mean that the Walshes have to subscribe to the Beverly Hills way of life. And if people only like Brenda for how she looks, they don't really like her at all. Are you writing these pearls of wisdom down? Andrea? Not Andrea? <laughs> I, uh, I have that sealed tight in my little brain up here. Um, just so just as Cindy gets done delivering her speech about financial responsibility, a woman claiming to be the Walsh's new housekeeper shows up. Jim 
yeah. you know, who isn't who is hardly home, apparently doesn't feel like it's important to discuss how he spends their money with Cindy or when a strange woman's going to be joining her in their home. Heads up, guys. Jim kind of sucks. He does. Maybe if you didn't have things like housekeepers, you could have sent both your kids to out-of-state colleges. Sick burn. <laughs> See, we're good with the insults. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, our housekeeper was why I didn't go to Harvard. You had a housekeeper? Yeah, we called her mom. Aww. So Kelly and Brenda are at school where Kelly's giggling with some rando we've never seen before and won't again after this episode. But she's apparently been best friends with her since grade school. And Brenda, of course, seems really jealous over their bonding. Uh, they're bonding over their their cars. They both have uh, BMWs. Beamer. Beamer. Uh, if it makes Brenda feel any better, uh, when I got my first car, I couldn't fill the gas tank up all the way because there was a hole. And when I did, it would just slowly leak out. So if she wants to bond about that, we can. <laughs> but then I would have to spend time with her, and I'm not so much for that. And did you notice in this episode that there was no Donna. Donna was totally obliterated from this episode. She could have hung out with Brenda, but... That, that's true. She wasn't even there that day. Maybe she was sick. Maybe. She's got that shopping flu. Since no. this is all about price tags. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> We're back at the Walsh house, where Cindy is discussing the stranger in the house with Jim, who's trying to humor, use humor to deflect the situation. Mm. Read the room, Jim. Also, what are all these things his secretary is having him sign? I guess I don't really fully understand how accounting work entails. If you're an accountant, please tell us. I mean, and why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> Go account um, something. I don't know. And doesn't the secretary know that it's the 90s? Um, those working girl style shoulder pads are totally out. We're in an office, not a stadium. <laughs> um, hike. Jim finally admits that the housekeeper is a cousin of a co-worker's cleaning lady. It's my brother's sister's dog's cousin. That sounds like that. And it reminds Cindy that they did have a cleaning lady in Minnesota, Minneapolis. This is, this is our best episode so far. It is. <laughs> Even, the <laughs> Even the phone is just over her ranting and raving about this and hangs up on her. I mean... Doesn't she work outside the home? I mean, her kids are 16. And what does she need a cleaning lady for? And does she complain about being alone a lot? Why doesn't she look for a job? Can she not volunteer? Stop being the victim, Cindy. It's not good for your hair, which is a hot mess in this episode, by the way. Is, is that what's causing that? It might be. She's got that frazzled mom look, but she has no reason to be a frazzled mom. No, I mean, seriously. She doesn't work outside of the home. She doesn't ever actually seem to leave the house. And she's got two 16-year-olds who take care of themselves, so whatever. But speaking of bad hair, mm -hmm. we're back at West Bev, where Brenda appears to be in English class. I'm guessing that it's English class because they're talking about Les Mis. So uh, the teacher tries to make it relatable to these Beverly Hills teenagers by declaring that it has sex and crime. You <laughs> If you add vampires, you've basically described Twilight. Uh, then she just flat out tells everybody the plot of the book. So, way to go. I mean, a real incentive for them to read it now that they know exactly what happens. Hey, guess what? Bruce Willis is a ghost. Let's ruin all of the classics. 
Bruce Willis is dead in the sixth sense? That's a classic? Uh, obviously, it's like a decade old. That's when things become classic, like your haircut. <laughs> I'm getting a cut on Thursday. <laughs> Shut up. So, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> So Miranda is distracted from this enthralling lecture by her teacher, by Kelly and her new slash old friend giggling in the corner. Uh, the teacher is completely oblivious to all this commotion in the corner, but Brenda can't seem to ignore it. Uh, obviously, she's jealous of the, of the two of them. And then like five minutes later, after class uh, started, class ends. So that seems like the kind of high school I want to go to. And then Kelly says to her friend, whose beamer should we take? I mean, who calls them beamers? You know who does? Douchebags. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Get your life together. <laughs> Meanwhile, Andrea is hurrying through the quad, carrying what looks to be like proof of pages for the, the newspaper, The Blaze. Maybe not the thing you should really be racing around the very crowded school hallways with, though, Chief. As soon as she sots Brandon, though, she suddenly has all the time in the world. Brandon is job hunting from a very randomly placed bulletin board. <laughs> I don't know why that's what is funny. Wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know why bulletin board is really funny. <laughs> um, let's get, get it together. Whew. Can you imagine if it were your job to take flyers down to the local high school searching for help? You might want to check out the other flyers there because your job probably sucks. <laughs> Andrea, bitter, bitter Andrea, makes a comment about the lack of teenagers working in Beverly Hills and then she's off like the wind. We are treated to a montage in blue and very L.A. 90s of Brandon pounding the pavement, unsuccessfully as it seems. But maybe people just aren't hiring because, you know, instead of a resume, you're carrying around a notebook with names of businesses in them written unnecessarily large. Um, you're also in jeans and a t-shirt. While it is Beverly Hills, you probably should dress for the job you want. Wear one of your vests. Indeed. He finally gets a job at a snazzy restaurant in town called The Town. And he gets a job as a busser. So Brenda, Kelly, and Tiffany, which is Kelly's friend's name, apparently. Her name is Scrunchy. <laughs> That's her name. <laughs> Scrunchy. Uh, that's what Andrea, no, Andrea, oh, sorry, I mistook that, has named her. (laughs) Whatever. Um, they are shopping in the newest, uh, hottest place in town. Nitro! And and Steve and David are there for some reason, like, hanging out. And I'm really confused about their friendship in this first part of the season. Like, Steve outwardly seems to hate him, but they're all, they're always together, so I just don't get it. He's a frenemy. I don't have anything funny to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) So the girl, the fourth girl who has no name, tells Brenda that Tiffany once hooked up with Steve. And that is why she and Kelly stopped being friends. So Brenda, Kelly, and Tiffany start trying on clothes. And Tiffany starts sneaking things into her backpack in the changing room. Brenda, meanwhile, is trying on clothes in the middle of the store for some reason. But it's okay because there's a mirror mirror there. So apparently it is its own dressing room. (laughs) I mean, what kind of story is this? It's Beverly Hills. And why is anyone okay with just using a mirror and not having like walls? Beverly Hills is weird. It is weird. 
So Brenda has this vest that she tries on and she strokes it very longingly. Because it's 100% silk. And hideous. Yeah, it's not. It's mustard yellow with, does it have spots? It has some sort of design, design on it. Design on it, yeah. yeah. It's not a good look. No, it's not. But as we've discovered, Brenda has some really random choices. She does. But she obviously can't afford it because her family's poor. And so she begrudgingly puts the vest back. This must prompt some moral dilemma, though, for Brenda, because at school the next day, um, she poses the question to her English teacher, who is more guilty, someone who doesn't steal because they have to, or someone who thinks about stealing but doesn't? Someone who steals because they have to. Like Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean. I mean, I'm not a lawyer or anything obviously. Um, but I'm pretty sure that it's the one that you actually steal. Class like, is over again. Like it's a crime. Yeah, like that's the crime. You stole something, so now you must go to jail. Um, class is over again because, you know, it's been five minutes. And David is in the hallway with a video camera. I mean, no offense, but that's kind of weird. But no one else seems to think it's weird. And Tiffany, a.k.a. Scrunchy. Uh, poses for the camera and totally even like lifts her dress up revealing her biking shorts and a bra david passes out which he probably just totally damaged school equipment as well <laughs> just saying probably shouldn't take him to the beach then where he was last week and managed to not have an episode because he was focused on steve and steve had sweater and shorts on that's true i suppose kelly tells brenda that tiffany used to be wild used to be used to be wild I can't imagine if this is tame what Wild looked like for her. Indeed. So we uh, head back to Casa Walsh where Cindy right. is cleaning with Anna and apparently thinks that Anna is her therapist because she starts unloading on her about not having friends in Beverly Hills and, you know, all sorts of Cindy-like things. She just needs someone to listen to her. Seriously, volunteer. English. <laughs> volunteer somewhere, Cindy. Go to the library. I don't know. She just bothers me. Uh, and Brenda and Tiffany come in. They've decided to hang out for the day since Kelly and the other rando girl are actually going horseback riding together. Mm -hmm. uh, and they walk in, and Cindy and Anna are both bent over, their asses in the air, broom in hand. And uh, they turn around, and Cindy asks if they'd like a snack. And I'm from the Midwest, and I'm also a mom, but I can't tell you the last time I've said Hey, do you want a snack? A little after-school snack? It's because I'm not a mother to toddlers. <laughs> and Tiffany makes a comment about never seeing her mom with a broom in her hand. And then she kind of uh, says, well, never actually seeing her mom, period. So I'm wondering, is bad parenting like a Beverly Hills thing? Or is it a rich parent thing? Because I didn't have either one of those things. So me either. They head up to Brenda's room, and Tiffany starts checking everything out, and Brenda starts talking about Les Mis, uh, and Tiffany makes it a point to say, I would never steal. Real subtle, Tiffany. Right. She then stores all of her stolen items in a corner in Brenda's closet. You were saying, Tiffany? And can we also discuss the disservice this character is doing for the Tiffany's of the world? Like, when I listen to I Think We're Alone Now, all I can think about are see-through baby doll dresses and theft. Well, that's dun, probably dun, why you're dun, alone dun, now. Dun, 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 dun. Brandon 
runs to his first day of work, knocks on the back door to be let in. The manager is angry. The manager, by the way, is played by the chick who was in the original Fame TV show, and her name was Doris, but I can't tell you what her real name is because I was too lazy to look it up last night. So Uh, disappointed in you. I'm sorry. The manager is angry that he was 15 minutes early, but opens the door um, quickly, so I assume that she's just hanging around the back door anyway. That's what you do when you manage a restaurant. You hang around the back door, waiting for people to knock. You said back door. Hmm. You said back door. I did. Twice, actually. And then I said it. Mm -hmm. It's funny to talk about back door. Brandon, only on the job for one night, is already complaining about his job to his coworkers. His coworkers welcome him welcome him to the third world labor force, and he suddenly notices that all the kitchen is full of people of color, Asian mainly. He's worked there for several hours and hasn't put that together. He must be that woke. He just doesn't see color. Yeah, it must be that. So <laughs> t- <laughs> Tiffany and Brenda patronize the store. That they were at the day before that Tiffany stole a bunch of crap from. Nitro. And Tiffany asks Brenda to go up to the counter and ask for a larger size from the sales clerk. And as Brenda is doing this, Tiffany very, well, no, not very. No, it wasn't very. She just takes it and starts shoving it in her bag. Yeah. And the cashier sees this because the counter is literally right there by the rack and yells, attracting the attention of the security guard walking around the impossibly small store in a really large white bowler hat. Because nothing says, don't look at me, like a big white bowler hat. And why is this place so small? I, I don't understand it. I don't either. So Brenda and Tiffany get put into the back room with a large amount of merchandise. And I'm thinking it's probably not the best place to house your thieves because it just gives them all this opportunity to steal more stuff. But what do I know? You don't know anything. <clears throat> I, I don't. I know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> Brenda's angry, of course. Are you okay? I have a frog in my throat. Uh, but Tiffany tells her that she stole the vest for her. Because that just makes it so much better. I was doing it for you. Learned it by watching you, Dad. Yeah. Uh, and Tiffany also says that stealing makes her feel alive. I will say, when I stole my husband's heart... I felt alive. I know I just feel dead inside. Aw. Later that night at Castle Walsh, uh, Brandon comes in complaining about being beat after one night on the job. One night. I bet you Dylan wouldn't be tired of whiny. Not after that job. Nope. Just the job I gave him. And he wouldn't be whiny. Jesus. He'd be really happy. You're killing me. Um, Cindy comments about Brandon working later than his father. How very passive-aggressive of you, Cindy. The phone rings, and we know it's Brenda, but Jim doesn't, and for some reason still says, yeah, when he picks up. Like, who answers the phone? Yeah. Uh, Douchebags? I guess. I mean, I do when I know who it is on my phone, because it's a cell phone, and it tells me who it is, and I say, yeah, he didn't know who it was. He didn't have caller ID. Sorry. Might have been a small rant. Anyway. Then he doesn't actually hang up. He just retracts the antenna. It's been a while um, since I've used a cordless phone, but I don't think they worked that way. Of course, he blames Cindy for Brenda's shoplifting, and then Cindy blames Beverly Hills and her obsession with her appearance. Brandon, the teenage son, asks his parents where their faith in Brenda is. 
I mean, this is Brenda, who apparently in Minnesota once went back to pay for a Barbie doll that apparently she walked out of the, st- out of the store with. So Brenda is wholesome and, and good. And she's got short bangs. And she has short bangs. The manager of the store, meanwhile back at the store, the manager of the store, who has a serious haircut and is wearing some authoritative denim shirt tie combo, um, he stands angrily as Tiffany tries to convince him that she plans on paying for the items that she stole. I know he's angry because he's standing there with his arms folded, which is what I do. He agrees that it's not worth a day in court, and Tiffany smirks because she clearly hasn't learned learned anything from this lesson. Brenda cheerfully tells her parents that she didn't do anything wrong, and Jim agrees to forget it while Cindy remains quiet. She's judging you, Brenda. We will have to remember this incident after Brenda starts dating Dylan, and Jim doesn't forget about anything. Literally nothing. (laughs) Nope. So the next day, post-klepto session, Brandon asks Brenda how she's doing. How you doing today, twin? And uh, she answers him, and then he just uses it as like a way to begin a discussion about the exploitation of immigrant labor. He's like, hey, your hair looks nice, but you know whose hair doesn't look nice? People who have to climb through the muck and the forest and the desert to get to this country. I mean, that's not exactly what he says, but it's pretty damn close. And I think at this point, the show had a fantastic opportunity to actually get into this topic, but they address it briefly here. And then later on, they just make a complete mockery of it. So yeah, good job, writers. In an A or an A for effort? No. No. Anna shows up to work on a Saturday, but no one knows why. I know that her English isn't very good, but it seems like Jim has issues communicating with everyone everyone she digs through the back of brenda's closet finding the clothes that tiffany hid in there and why was she digging through brenda's closet i mean tiffany hid them pretty well she did uh cindy assumes that the clothes are brenda's and brenda tells her that if she believes that she doesn't know her at all and maybe cindy is confused by the cutoff sweatshirt and insanely large t-shirt that she has on i'm not sure what look we were going for there she changes her clothes into a full denim ensemble to confront tiffany at her mansion Tiffany seems to like seems to point out that she doesn't have to steal and I think the writers are really being lazy here to try and get us to connect the dots we've connected them writers trust us Tiffany has other issues and that's why she steals all of Beverly Hills villains as we discovered are just actually broken and no one's really evil they've never met my ex Brian then I'm pretty (laughs) sure he was evil so Brandon is hard at work, bussing tables and being treated poorly by the waiters and his manager. And then Dylan shows up, and I'm assuming it's to show off his overalls. And Brandon gets in trouble with his boss for loitering and makes a comment to another busser about the job not being worth minimum wage. And that person makes a comment that the majority of the people that work with him don't even make minimum wage. So stop your crying, Brandon. He's whiny. Brandon, of course, is outraged by this and confronts his boss. He tells her he's an investigative reporter for the West Beverly Blaze, and he's going to run a story. I'm going to run a story, you see, about how she doesn't pay her employees minimum wage. How old-timey gangster of you. Thank you. (laughs) OTG. OTG. A lot of parents, he says, a lot of parents read the paper, and they'll stop coming to this restaurant when they find out how she treats her employees. Uh, First of all, Brandon, I'm guessing parents don't actually read the West Beverly Blaze. I mean, I wrote for my school newspaper, and I don't think my mother ever picked up an issue. Me either. Second, I'm guessing a lot of them also have domestic employees that they don't pay minimum wage either. And that's how Beverly Hills 90210 addresses the issue. Yes. Deep sigh. <laughs> 
Brandon and Dylan leave the town restaurant and go to eat at a restaurant known as the Peach Pit. Well, it's not the actual Peach Pit. Um, the outside kind of looked like they were on some at some rural farmhouse somewhere, but it's small and it's but it's peach and green on the inside, and it'll stay that way for a little while. Dylan says there's a real cross section of people here. Look, there's a white person, and then there's a different person over there. No, a different white person. A different white person over there. Oh, sorry. A different white person over there. And then there's another one. It's really inclusive. Nat says he's in need of... Look at all these white people. Look at all the white people. Uh, Nat says he's in need of someone to help out, and the rest, as they say, is Peach Pit history. Do they say that? Well, we said it just now. Oh. We're they. We're they. We're We're wearing our they shirts. Perfect. So Tiffany stops by the Walsh house to pick up the rest of her stolen goods, And we know that she's really doing this to make sure that Cindy knows it was not Brenda who stole the clothes because there are no real villains in Beverly Hills. Cindy suggests that Tiffany talk to someone about her problem. So Tiffany takes this as an invitation to talk to Cindy about them. Because she doesn't, she doesn't have a mom. So she needs a mom to, to be able to talk to. And her scrunchie is outrageously big in this scene. Just so you know. And it's like cream colored and it has pearls on it. (laughs) To go with her polka dotted dress. And then she lifted up outfit. her dress and showed everybody her biking shorts. Yeah. It was pandemonium. Pandemonium. Uh, I'm not sure that Cindy was inviting her to talk to her, but I could be wrong. And of course, Tiffany says that her shrink thinks she steals to gain the attention of her absentee parents. You think? Uh, duh. I mean, I don't have a degree in psychiatry. It's political science, so it's garbage. Uh, but I could have told you that. Yes. Yes. Um, of course, Cindy and Brenda reconcile, they forgive each other, and they all gather around one of Anna's casseroles, and now no one seems to care that she worked on a Saturday. And that is the end of the third or fourth episode of Beverly Hills 90210. I think it's technically episode three, three. Yes, but this is our fourth episode. And we control this, so it's episode four. We're the boss, Applesauce, so it's episode four. What did we learn here, kids? That absentee parents cause shoplifting. Yes, we learned that. Shoplifting is wrong. Don't do it. I mean... Teenage suicide. Please don't do it. I mean, come on. I mean, we're how old are we now? Is shoplifting still really a thing at people our age? If you live in Beverly Hills and your parents aren't around. It's how we get people's attention. Okay. I'm following you. I used to just show my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I didn't, like, show them. I just wore low-cut shirts. Oh, okay. Let's keep this family friendly. Yeah. Sorry. That was a visual I didn't need. All right. So. They're nice, okay? Okay. Brandon did not have a girlfriend in this episode, so I'm a little disappointed. It was a little sad that he didn't have anybody to date. I mean, he did kind of go on a date with Dylan. No. Mm -mm. Nobody goes on a date with Dylan but me. I don't know how many times we have to talk about that. Well, you know, it's one person's date is another one's not date. I don't know. <laughs> You're really good at analogies. I, I try. We did have the uh, issue of the week, though, that covered that shoplifting is wrong. And we'll never see Tiffany again. So hopefully she learned a lesson about her shoplifting. Or they sent her to some 12-step program at a rehab somewhere for her stealing shoplifting problem do they have rehab for shoplifting i don't know it's beverly hills i can't imagine that they don't have a rehab for everything 
Hmm. Maybe I'll start shoplifting and I'll figure it out. We don't live in Beverly Hills. Oh, so yeah, it wouldn't work. No. I did. I did shoplift once when I was a tiny, tiny child. I took a, you know, the little gumball machines we used to have, mm-hmm. and you could buy them and put your little money in there, and the gumballs would come out. Yes. It was a milk carton full of those gumballs, and my mother would not buy it for me, so I stole it. And then, as we were getting into the car, she heard the jumbling of all of. <laughs> The gumballs. The jumbling of your gumballs. And she made me take it back into the store and apologize. But then she gave me $3 so that I could pay for it. So I cried a lot, but I got what I wanted in the end. And that is the point of shoplifting. (laughs) I might have um, stolen a dollar's worth of change out of the fountain in front of Yonkers one time. I just... I'm ashamed of you. Went in and grabbed it of change wasn't that what that was there for it was to make wishes like take a penny <laughs> make a penny <laughs> yeah leave no, a penny it, take a penny that's no. not what that was there for i don't think that's what it was there for oh well i don't know good to know i bought a soda with it and was it did it taste the best that that soda has ever tasted in your life <laughs> because it was stolen goods i don't know i don't really remember i think i bought the soda though at the caramel corn store mm, caramel corn the malls just aren't what they used to be they are not. Good times were had at that mall. Yep. And there's no more fountains. I probably, because I took that dollar out of the fountain. That's why they couldn't sustain the mall. That's why they couldn't sustain the mall and the fountains had to go. Way to go, Andrea. I'll live with that to the rest of the rest of my dying day. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I, I digress. Uh, I have to get my phone and hopefully it won't make it all wonky. But my um, recommend this week chick's name is angie collin and i know her because we have a mutual friend her name is elizabeth and she lives in dallas angie runs a lot of fundraising things for elizabeth's daughter um, katie ann who has neuroblastoma cancer but angie runs a lot of the auctions and stuff to get money for to help with the medical bills for elizabeth and katie ann's traveling and things like that but elizabeth i think also helps angie make some of these super cool awesome things um, she makes glasses, she makes keychains, she makes signs, she makes all sorts of different things. She's making me a water bottle that is totally 80s cartoons. Awesome. Um, Rainbow Bright, uh, Popples, Care Bears, He-Man, She-Ra, it's nice. all on there. And it's sparkly and glittery, and I am in love with it. Glitter's my favorite color. Yes, glitter is amazing. But she doesn't have a Twitter, but she does have an Instagram, which is Shop Wicked Gold. And she also has a Facebook page, Shop Wicked Gold, on there too. But give her a look and take a look at all of her fun-filled, awesome things that she can make and buy something because she's extremely talented. And I'm lucky that I got such a super cool water bottle and I can't wait to flaunt it everywhere. Uh, Friday night I did go see Scary Stories We Tell in the Dark. I think Guillermo del Toro. Yes, which I do like Guillermo del Toro. Um, I didn't realize it was rated PG-13. You liked Shape of Water? Oh, no, I did not like that. Okay. I liked the one with Katie Holmes in the house. I don't know what that one was called. I don't know either. But anyhow. We're real prepared here, can't you tell? (laughs) Um, So I went to see that, and I didn't realize it was PG-13. So all these young kids started piling in, and I was like, oh, great. But to be fair... They were actually more well-behaved than when I go to see a rated R 
uh, where the adults seem to have full volume conversations during the whole movie. The movie itself was it was decent. I mean, it was pretty good. My only complaint would be that uh, I'm and I'm guessing it's because it was PG thirteen that some of the monsters were a little hokey, almost laughable. And I didn't like that. And I'm guessing they had to do that so they weren't quite so scary for yeah. the younger crowds. Well, but and I don't even really remember scary stories to rem- to read in the dark. That I thought that was more of a younger or kids that were younger than me liked those things. And I don't really remember. They were all high school age kids in the movie. Oh, okay. So, well, so, but did it scare you? Um, there were a couple of jump scares, but. It wasn't too bad. I mean, it was a decent movie. Did you see it by yourself? I did. That's the only way I like to go see movies. Oh, okay. If you don't do that because you think it's weird or whatever, do it. I highly recommend going to see movies by yourself. Uh, It's just, for me, it's a way to decompress after just any normal week, to not have to talk to people or listen to people, to just zone out and focus on what's in front of me. And I don't have to worry about the expectations of the person I'm sitting with. So that's how I get away from it all as I go sit in a dark theater and watch a movie. And I love movies, so. I used to do that a lot when I worked retail back in the day and the Milan Cinema was still open. Mm -hmm. And it was cheap on Tuesdays. Yep. And I'd go and watch movies that I knew that nobody else would go watch with me. It was a good time. That's how it started. And then I just realized how much I liked it. Good on you. This week I found a movie on Netflix that I watched called Straw Dogs, and they've got a character in there um, that we eventually learn has autism. Mm-hmm. And and I won't go too much into the movie itself, but I had to turn the movie off just because of, of the way that they depicted the character. And I guess my thing is that uh, I really think that Hollywood does a disservice or hasn't quite gotten up to par with its representation of people with autism or autistic individuals, depending on on your preferential language. I have a son who is autistic and he is nonverbal, although recently he has learned how to ask for Doritos. I so was gonna say, um, priorities. He knows the word Doritos. <laughs> uh, Doritos and Target. So, but that's been 12 years in the making that we've finally gotten to that point. Um, and I think that. Uh, I will say then, he is definitely your child. <laughs> I don't like Doritos. You don't like Doritos? I don't. I hope that doesn't. Uh, I don't know if we can work together anymore. I'm not sure <laughs> I how like I feel bunions. about this. Um, but I, I feel like the current representation, and believe me, I'm grateful that we have any representation at all, but the current representation leans more towards the savant or towards the social, um, the Asperger's, that kind of thing. And I would really love if eventually I could see a family like my own on the big screen. Aww. You know, see how... Uh, we function <laughs> and I laugh when I say function, but uh, how we function in everyday life. And that's all I've got for that. That's fine. You can giggle all you want. I just, I'm not sure how I feel about you not liking Doritos. I mean, they're fine. I'll eat them, but they're not my chip of choice. And Funyuns is? I love Funyuns. Does your husband kiss you? After you've eaten Funyuns? I don't kiss my husband. Gross. Oh, okay. I guess I'm not And I can't tell you the last time I had Funyuns. Usually I eat them when I'm hungover. All right. I'll stop judging you now. (laughs) I don't really eat chips that much. Oh. So candy is my vice of choice. Did you know in Canada, 
they have ketchup chips and they think there's something wrong with us that we don't have ketchup chips they also have justin trudeau they do there's a lot of good things happening in canada hello canadian listeners yes (laughs) so anyhow good hockey and cheap insulin high five (laughs) i'm serious hockey is life after this 90210 thing (laughs) anyway so that is the end of this episode uh if you could please go rate review subscribe those things uh and like we've said before if you don't like it please don't rate us poorly we would really like to build an audience and i'm not going to say anything bad about you just move on to a different podcast yes please um you can find us on itunes or sorry apple podcasts that's right um spotify and google play we're Um, everywhere we are uh, we are on Facebook at Donna Martin Graduates. We are on Twitter at Graduates Donna, but it is Donna Martin Graduates the podcast. And Gmail, uh, it's Donna Martin Graduates podcast at gmail.com. So if you have any questions or suggestions or want to complain about how much we ranted and raved today, then just email us. Yeah, just let us know. We, we might read your letter on the air. I don't know. That just seemed like the correct thing to say there and super awesome um i have a lot of new podcasts to kind of listen to this week because we participated in or we kind of begged and pleaded to participate in uh, a follow friday on, on twitter. twitter yes so i have some new podcasts to listen to this week so i might have some really good recommendations next week oh well i guess i can contribute one here we can kind of squeeze this back in the beginning um squeeze it in Thank you to our fellow Q, uh, QC murderinos. They suggested uh, Morbidology, the podcast, yes. and I started listening. And I listened to a local episode first, and then I started from the beginning. And I'm only a couple episodes in, but it's really good. They get uh, they get they do a lot of uh, research, very good research, and they the they remind one. us of was the local one adrian reynolds yes ah gotcha and they remind us of us remind me of us as far as how we interact I remind with each us other. of us too every day as you're editing <laughs> this podcast yes <laughs> and i'll just giggle and go or groan or go Ugh, we're just taking that out <laughs> anyway there's a lot of those this week there is but hey but you'll never know because i edited it sweet yay anyway uh we'll see you next week with another episode of donna martin graduates bye-bye bye